Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our continuation of our NBA draft analysis series, and today we're going to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. So the 76ers have five draft picks in this year's draft. So they have picks 21, 34, 36, 49, and 58. So Jalen, they only have one pick in the first round, but four in the second round. So being that they only have one pick in the first round, what is the position that the 76ers should target first? Get you a three-point shooter. They have not missed J.J. Redick more in their lives. I think it is so crazy how when you think about one player's impact on a team's success, outside of Jimmy Butler, I think losing a guy like J.J. Redick hurt their production a ton. And although a guy like Josh Richardson was a really interesting trade-in because of the fact that he shot the three relatively well, the season before for the Miami Heat. He ain't no J.J. Redick, dude. And the other thing is, we saw a lot of experimentation from a guy like Shake Milton, who got a lot of movement, got a lot of playing time during the NBA bubble. And although I thought that he did relatively well, he's not really the guy that I want at that point guard position running the offense. Although Ben Simmons would be the guy that we're looking at, you do traditionally need an actual perimeter player because Ben Simmons don't shoot the three. He can facilitate all he wants to, but the biggest knock on him has always been the same thing, his inability or unwillingness to shoot the tray pound. So let me just put this into easy, easy perspective. Philly, get Tyrell Terry. Get Tyrell Terry out of Stanford. This dude, man... Ryan, we have not said his name on this podcast yet, and man, I love this kid, dude. The stats don't scream out too crazy when you see 14.6 points per game, 3.2 assists, 4.5 rebounds. But, dude, I mean, check this. 40.8% from three, 44% from the floor, nearly a steal and a half per game. He is a rebounding guard despite the fact that he's only 6'1". Plays crazy effort-wise. He's a guy who shot 38.3% from NBA range. Shooter's going to shoot, bro. Shooter's going to shoot. And I think I think Tyro Terry is the guy. I think it's really simple. I think it fills a need, not positionally, but I think it fills a need in terms of schematically. The NBA has moved transition way too much to three-point shooting for – the guy who takes the most threes on the team to be a guy like Joel Embiid who needs to be taking his big butt down below the basket. So I think getting a guy like Tyro Terry would be huge. And if he, if he's not a starter, I think it would be a great punch off the bench considering the fact that he's a guy who I think could really blossom into something huge. Yeah. And considering the fact that the Philadelphia 76ers need shooters, Tyrell Terry is a good choice. You didn't mention that he could actually be a good floor spacer as well for guys like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So I think that 
Tyrell Terry is a name that hasn't been mentioned a lot, and he's been quickly rising the draft board, actually many draft boards everywhere. So that's definitely a guy who could fit in Philadelphia. I would also throw out a guy who we mentioned in the last episode with the Orlando Magic, Desmond Bain out of TCU. Another great three-point shooter. He shot 43% from three-point from three-point range, and I think he's a great spot-up scorer. I think Philly, they really just need a good off-ball shooter. I think with a guy who can drill shots on the perimeter easily in a draft that is loaded with three-point shooters, this is a guy who averages almost 17 points a game, about six and a half rebounds a game, almost four assists a game, and shoots 45% from the field. And like I mentioned earlier, 43% from beyond the arc. He's slightly older um, at 22 years old, but you need three-point shooters. And this guy is a three-point shooter. Man, for those who are listening to this, you have to understand me and Ryan record episodes back to back to back, just trying to get as much content as we can for you guys. So this is our third episode today. We did Orlando and OKC, and I just have to give Ryan his props today because this man is eating when it comes to some of these prospects because literally Desmond Bain is such a great and interesting player for them to grab because similar to Tyro Terry, obviously that three-point shooting is there. But as I mentioned on a past episode, I think I actually believe it was in the OKC episode, was Desmond Bain's physical development during quarantine has been through the roof. And I think the most interesting thing about what you said was his off-ball ability to play. He's not a facilitating guard, but what we already understood, I already touched on earlier was, we know that's more of Ben Simmons' forte, but his ability to stretch the court, he can ball handle, he is a prime, he is, he, he has the ability to be a primary scoring option in the backcourt. And I think the most interesting thing about it is what the pairing between a guy like him and Matisse Thybul defensively coming off the bench could be for Philadelphia as well. I think that's huge. So although I love Tyrell Terry at this spot, and I think a lot of mock drafts have had him mock to the Philadelphia 76ers because of his three-point ability, I think Desmond Bain might be the, the diamond in the rough, as Ryan usually says on, on these type of episodes. He could be the guy who could really be a two-way check mark here, check mark there in terms of a guy who can who can – pretty much contribute to Philadelphia off rip, whether he be in the starting lineup or coming off the bench in that backcourt. So, man, Ryan, props to you, bro, because I, I think that's a huge point to make with a guy like Desmond Bain in terms of what he could be for a team like this. And I think the combination that you mentioned with Bain and Thibel, that could be a deadly pairing at that, at that small forward position. I think my only concern would be where Tobias Harris fits, considering that, you know, Tobias Harris – signed a big deal with Philadelphia. Now it just comes down to where he's going to fit, and we're going to get into some of that later. But going on to the next pick at 34, Jalen, I think the biggest issue for Philadelphia right now is that they really don't have a true point guard. I think Ben Simmons has been playing the, the point guard position a lot, even though I kind of feel like he's a small forward. I kind of want to get your thoughts. Do you think they need a point guard with a 34th overall pick? I cannot agree with you more, Ryan. I mean, I tried my hardest, you know, to address that with the Tyrell Terry take. I thought that was addressing a positional need. 
while also going after the three-point shooting that they so desperately need on this team. But I couldn't agree with you more. In terms of needing a true point guard on this team, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think that Ben Simmons is um, a wolf in sheep's clothing to a certain extent when we're talking about the point guard position. I mean, being 6'9 with that kind of defensive acumen is great, and his ability to facilitate the ball is amazing. But in this day and age, you cannot be a guy who claims to be a backcourt player and is is not even just, you know, a bad three-point shooter, but flat out unwilling to take the shot. I just don't think that's – I just don't think that's in the cards. You know what I mean? It's just – it's kind of crazy to think about it because he fits the bill to be a Magic Johnson-esque player. It's just that he's Magic Johnson in a really interesting era where three-point shooting is so prominent that, like, can you really be Magic Johnson and thrive in this league? Like, you know, I don't want to undermine a guy of that type of caliber. He's a Hall of Fame player, top three in NBA history, if not top five, depending on who's doing the votes. But – I just wonder if a guy like Ben Simmons, who's downright unwilling to shoot the three, can really be your primary lead guard, so to speak, on this team. So I think that's a perfect point to make about them needing a point guard. Look, dude, with that being the point, I'm going to say the name, and I'm literally just going to let you take it away. Cassius Winston, bro. Cassius Winston, bro. Ryan, tell me Cassius Winston is not the guy for Philly in round two if we're talking you need a true point guard. You know, I should have mentioned this with Orlando. I did mention this when we were talking about Cassius Winston. Maybe the most NBA pro-ready player. Cassius Winston is also one of the most experienced players. He's coming out of a great program. As I've said time and time again, Michigan State under Tom Izzo. He is really one of the best pick-and-roll players that I've seen coming out of college. And I think that he's such a great player. And, Jalen, I kind of want to just hand it off to you because we here at the Hoop Talk Podcast think that Cassius Winston is a great player. I mean, dude, you, I mean, that's, that's all I'm saying, basically, dude. I mean, I, in my heart of hearts, if we're talking, taking, if we're scrapping age, because that's really what it comes down to. It has to do with the fact that, He's he's a undersized guard, even though I think players like Fred Van Vliet, for example, are starting to debunk the uh, stereotypes against smaller guards. Although he, he's a smaller guard and he's a senior, those are the two things that are hurting guys like Cassius Winston and another Hoop Talk podcast favorite in Peyton Pritchard. Those those That's what's hurting them. Let's just call a spade a spade. Them being seniors hurts the fact that hurts them to the point that they're being mocked as second round picks because otherwise they're some of the top guards in this draft that we're talking about being pro ready. So I think Cassius Winston, especially, especially now that the coach is Doc Rivers, I mean, it's, I mean, it's so, I mean, talk about the pedigree coming from a guy like Tom Izzo, as you mentioned beforehand with Michigan state, I just, I don't see how in the world, that a guy like Cassius Winston, if you're worried about being able to get a traditional point guard, isn't that guy. But, Ryan, let's do this before we move on to the big kahunas of what we want to talk about in terms of the Philadelphia 76ers. They have the 34th and the 36th pick in terms of those early second-round picks, dang near back-to-back. So, with that, if you could come up with – because they're two picks apart. If there's – let's say 
let's let's do minimum. Let's see if there's two guys. If you're going between those two picks, who are the two guys with those two picks that you would want? You personally would want Philadelphia to come out of this draft with if they select at both positions. Well, I would say for the first one, I, I would target point guard again. I would say you can go with a guy like Devin Dotson. We mentioned him on the podcast before. Um, he's a great player. Um, he's a great defender. He's able to push the pace on offense. I think that he's an up-tempo player as well. I think he could probably fit with a, a fast-paced offense. But I think that his shooting ability kind of helps him in a little bit with Philadelphia because I think Philadelphia just needs shooters. And Devin Dotson is a solid shooter coming out of the second round. Now, with that being said, because I, I kind of think we mentioned Cassius Winston before, I kind of think Cassius Winston may be off the board at this point. So I think Devin Dotson, a solid choice to get if you're looking for a backup point guard. I think if you're looking for a backup shooting guard or just a guard in general, I mean, Mason Jones out of Arkansas, we haven't mentioned him as much on the podcast either. He's a guy who has great three-point shooting ability. And what have we said time and time again, that the Philadelphia 76ers need, they need three-point shooters. And I feel like they need to get a three-point shooter and a guy like Mason Jones. Not only just that, but I think they, they need to get a shot creator. They need somebody that could score quickly and score effectively. And Mason Jones is a guy that can do that. So Ryan, I got to cheat here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put my disclaimer on here earlier that this is just the love that I have for these two players, and I can't help but see it happen in a place like Philly. Um, as high as we are on Cassius Winston, I do actually think that he'll still be available on the board come 34. Um, he's just been mocked as a middle of the middle of the second round player. And I think reaching on him early in the second round is actually a smart move on their point on their part in terms of the 76ers. If we're talking about getting an NBA ready point guard. What I meant when I said that I'm going to cheat here is Get Xavier Tillman at 36. Hey man, put put the pick and roll partners together in the second in the second unit. I'm not a huge fan of Al Horford as it is. I'm just gonna be honest. I'm not a huge fan of him as it is. Um, this is something that we're gonna discuss a little bit later on in the podcast in terms of what this team uh philosophy wise should look into this offseason. I genuinely think that <laughs> Tobias Harris and Al Horford are two guys to be looked at. There is a question as to what this team is going to look like the next season, just out of the fact that they have some very interesting contracts on their roster. They have a a lot of talent, but a lot of guys who just don't fit next to each other. Let's fix a chemistry issue right now and put the two Michigan State guys right next to each other coming off the coming off the bench. I think a really interesting three-guard-esque lineup of Desmond Bain with Matisse Thibel defensively. I, I mean, having a guy like, you know, Xavier Tillman manning down low, he would be a bit of a – he would be a bit of a small ball center, I guess you could say. But um, having having him and Cassius Winston in the lineup I think would be huge. Even if you had Xavier Tillman playing the four – and maybe have a guy like Al Horford at the five. Now, maybe the spacing is kind of disruptive, but it would definitely be a really good defensive second unit with a guy like Cassius Winston to help at least drive the offensive side of the ball. 
So basically talking about having a second unit that could have Cassius Winston, Desmond Bain, Matisse Thibault, Xavier Tillman, and maybe a guy like Al Horford to man the five as a true center. That's a really interesting second lineup that kind of removes some of the issues like having Al Horford and Joel Embiid on the court at the same time. So, hey, man, get my, get my two Michigan State bros back on the same team. You are fantasy drafting right now. You, are, you have a 2K fantasy draft on right now, Jalen. <laughs> Hey, man, look, I just love these guys a lot. And I think that Philly's biggest issues over the last two or so seasons has been chemistry. And I just feel like you address two positional needs, you add depth, and there are two players who can instantly play with each other. So you're not worried about where their fit will be next to one another. So, hey, man, a boy can dream, though, right? It's not completely out of the picture. But, I mean, the odds of Cassius Winston and Xavier Tomege drafted at 34 and 36. That's like one in like a thousand. Right now, according to Tankathon, they have Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman going back to back. Cassius Winston goes to the Wizards at 37, and Xavier Tillman goes to the Knicks at 38. So them going back to back later in the draft, I mean, that's what Tankathon has. So them going one, one pick, another pick in between, and then a pick after, I mean, and it would be earlier in the draft, which would be earlier in the second round, which would make them closer to being available. Like you said, man, and maybe I'm just fantasy drafting over here, but I think it would just be a really interesting look for Philly. And like I said, the chemistry issue would automatically be addressed in terms of their draft selections. But, hey, man, you know, just throwing stuff out there. It's like we're playing the association on 2K11. Um, <laughs> Instead of us going through the last three draft picks, because I feel like they can get a whole starting lineup out of their draft right now. Let's talk about the fact that there is a chance that they could get James Harden. A lot of rumors are swirling around that the Philadelphia 76ers are pursuing a guy like James Harden. And this kind of ties into the question of the day for our fans. And I'll pose this question to you as well, Jalen. How does this tie in to their philosophy going into the offseason, going into draft night. How does this tie into it? I think going after a guy like James Harden means that they might be a lot more safe about how, how much they draft uh, during this NBA draft. I just genuinely believe that if they're going to get a guy like James Harden, with that kind of capital that they have draft-wise, the fact that the Rockets do not have draft picks for, like, (laughs) an eon pretty much, I think that if they are going to acquire a guy like James Harden, it's going to have to be on draft night. I think they're going to have to move a guy like Ben Simmons. I think they're going to have to move maybe that first-round pick and maybe one of – maybe one or even two of the second-round picks that they have, which they have four of them. And I think they're going to have to take that capital and move that over to Houston if they want a shot at James Harden because if they already draft the guys, that's going to make that deal look a little less sweet. And I don't think that's going to work out very much in their favor if that's somebody that they want. So I think that it's going to mess with their philosophy a little bit because I think it's going to make them be a little bit safer about how many guys they put on their board because I think they're going to be under the, the, under the impression that 
if they want a shot at James Harden, they cannot be the ones to make those picks at 21 or early in the second round with those two picks we discussed before, or potentially even the last two picks that they have later on in the second round. So it's a big splash move that's going to take moving a guy like Ben Simmons probably to get it done. But I think that it's a move worth making. And the fact that they don't need five draft picks as it is might actually make it a little bit easier for them to be willing to part with them. Because if you think about it, if Houston has to move on from a team, from a guy like James Harden, it's essentially going to trickle down to the effect where they might end up having to move away from guys like Russell Westbrook and Eric Gordon as well and turn this into a bit of a rebuilding situation. And having a lot of draft picks and having a building block like Ben Simmons at the top of it to build around, you're essentially getting Ben Simmons and a handful of draft picks to go ahead and start handpicking players to put around him all in the same offseason. So I think it actually could work out for both teams if Philly plays their cards right. So I think the main goal, if you're going to try to trade a guy like James Harden, I think the question would be how much capital do you have? How much capital are you willing to give up? I think the first, the first problem that needs to be resolved is the issue of who you build your franchise around. Because I thought for years that this franchise was going to be built around Joel Embiid. Um, because of the whole trust the process campaign, I thought the franchise was going to be built around Joel Embiid. I think the first issue that you resolve is trading away Ben Simmons. If you're going to trade away a guy like James Harden, I feel like the Rockets should command a lot of capital. And they have the right to because James Harden is a former MVP. He just put up 34 points a game this past season. I think the main goal next would be who do you want to get rid of next? I think the next guy they should get rid of is Al Horford. I think he does not fit that team at all. It's just a weird lineup that he has with a guy who normally plays center and a guy who actually is playing center with uh, Al Horford and Joel Embiid. I just think that Horford just fits better at the five. And I don't see a possibility that Al Horford stays in Philadelphia by the time December 22nd rolls around and the NBA season starts. I would try to also look at if you can move a guy like either Josh Richardson or I would say maybe Tobias Harris as well. I think the less likely of the two would be Tobias Harris considering he just signed a big deal with Philadelphia. Josh Richardson only put up 13 points a game this past season. Um, Philadelphia is more looking toward how they can make their team a contender again and how adding James Harden benefits their offense. And I mean, you're adding a former MVP. So he's a guy who can give you 30 points a game, but how do you sort of build that team around him? I think the last issue, you look at your draft capital, you have five picks, which is enough to possibly make the Rockets consider trading away their franchise player. The fact is, I think if you're going to trade away picks, the first round pick has to go, I think maybe the 34th pick has to go as well. And then I would either decide between the 36th pick and then I would also say the 49th pick as well. So there's a lot of factors going into this trade. Well, for somebody who's saying I'm playing association on 2K11, you sure are in your bag there, sir. 
because those are a lot of moves that you were asking for them to make. But I will give you this. I think they're all arguable points. How many of those they'll be able to pull off all in one offseason, especially with the offseason being extensively shorter than normal? Eh, huge question marks there. I would say kind of to just go through all of those and kind of like break them down a little bit and kind of put a little bit of understanding behind all of them. I think moving on from Ben Simmons is an interesting one. Um, I think it's the only way they get a guy like James Harden. I know there's been talks of this is Doc Rivers' first year with Philadelphia. I think they would want to at least see him with those two and see how he can help them develop before they would want to move on. But if a guy like James Harden is potentially on the table, I think that you have to pull the trigger. And if you're talking about positional fit, a guy like James Harden fits a lot better next to Ben Simmons or fits better next to Joel Embiid than he does next to Ben Simmons, which means you would essentially want to be moving on from Ben Simmons in that trade rather than having to give up Joel Embiid if you're the 76ers. So I think that addresses that. I think if you're forced to have to pick between a guy like Tobias Harris or Al Horford, I think that you have to move away from Al Horford. I think Tobias Harris is a lot better of a player within the system than what we saw. I just think that the because of the fact that Al Horford and Joel Embiid clunk up so much space between themselves, I think it limited the amount of space that in real estate that a guy like Tobias Harris could work within. And it kind of made things extremely difficult on his end, which is why I think he wasn't able to play up to the potential that we know he can, which is something we saw in the early stages of when he was with the Clippers prior to the trade to, to Philly. So I think if you have to aim for any two moves, I think if you can get James Harden for Ben Simmons and some of those picks, I think that would be a really great play. I also think that moving on from Al Horford is probably the smart move too, if you can, because I think that opens things up for Tobias Harris, and that's better than moving on from him because I think the talent is there. Um, in terms of the draft picks, I mean, I agree with you. I think that they have to be included in any trade that you make. I think they have to be on the table, and that's why I said earlier that I think they would play it safe in terms of trying to avoid making the picks for other teams and trying to make a draft day trade rather than trying to move capital with the guys they already made selections with. So I would say those are the three things that get touched on. In terms of Josh Richardson, though, um, I would just say that I don't think he was as bad of a player as we may have seen as well. I think he's a guy who was in and out of the lineup, and this team had team chemistry issues all year. Josh Richardson missed time. Ben Simmons missed time. Joel Embiid missed time. Tobias Harris was out for a few games with a concussion-based situation at one point. This was a team that was all over the place, and I think they were also feeling a lot of the brute from losing not only J.J. Redick, as I mentioned earlier on the podcast, but Jimmy Butler, who is the, is the captain of camaraderie in terms of the fact that he literally just built up a team that we weren't even expecting to be a playoff caliber team and lifted them all the way up to the NBA Finals. Interesting year in terms of coronavirus or not. So I think all of those dwindles on top of the fact that there was a lot of just injury-riddled stuff going on makes it where I think that Josh Richardson and Tobias Harris will be a lot better, but I think the domino effects that need to, that need to start all of that starts with moving on from Al Horford and potentially moving on from Ben Simmons, obviously, if the price is right, which a guy like James, James Harden being moved might be more than the price being right. It might even be 
<laughs> through the roof. Transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, what do you believe the philosophy will be for the Philadelphia 76ers, not only going into draft night, but going into the offseason? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk Podcast, of course. Make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.